those of you guys that, who haven't met me, I'm Paul Ryan. You're, uh... Thank you. Uh, today I'll be debating Dennis Call uh, or introducing him. Um, you know, and Dennis, he really came up with this let's get on with it. And uh, to kind of give you a little story, Brian was saying, you know, we, we labored over it for 50 hours. Well, six or seven hours, you know, we, it was really, it's tough. This is the first time I was a part of the process, first time a part of the planning committee. And uh, it, it was, I think we came up with following close and finishing well pretty early. But it just wasn't complete. It wasn't... Uh, wasn't all there, and, and we came up with all kinds of stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll say him unnamed, but he came, he went away, and you know we were tired, and and went away, and then he, he came back into the room, and this was this was before Dennis, and, and he says, "I've got it." We're saying, "Okay, he's got it," and he and he goes, "Eureka!" Where where's? <laughs> do you remember that? And everybody's like, "Is he serious? Is he joking?" <laughs> And, it, you know, we found it. Uh, and there is, there's value in that. I think it's a candidate for one of these next ones. Um, but, and then he said, Bominos uh, was the next one. And uh, let's go. And then Dennis went to the, went to the bathroom. And uh, Dennis was like, I'm out of here. No. And he came back in the room and he said, I got it. And I was like, I, you know, we've heard this before. You know. but, and, and Dennis came in and he said, uh, let's get on with it. And Bominos is in a way, the, the same sort of thing, you know, and it's really special that um, we meet to do it and we relationally ask ourselves what's going on to come up with these topics because the speakers, I think, it brings more relevance to our lives and our communities when we do that. And uh, Dennis has been serving ACM for 10 years in Columbus managing the administrative role to this. He's served the body, um, and he's been a part of it since it's begun. Uh, it, it's really a pleasure to hear from him. I, I feel like he unlocks spiritual truths um, when he teaches and, and when he talks to, to us. And uh, I'd just like to bring him up here. And the last thing I want to say is my father introduced him at Labor Day camp, and he said one thing. He said, Dennis is just a faithful brother, um, and, and he is. So... Let's welcome Dennis. I think that was my fifth trip to the bathroom. And <laughs> this tells you a little bit about my age. Uh, <clears throat> I think the guys were wondering what I was doing in there. But uh, indeed, uh, in that last trip, Dow's last words came to me. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's it. Let's get on with it. And... Uh, the theme uh, provokes at least a couple of questions in me, and I hope in you. Uh, first is, uh, why? Get on with it. Um, why? And then the second one is, I'm looking around, this means yes, this means no. I can see in your eye, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't been captured by God's love. Uh, you see, there, there's no other way to continue on in the midst of life's uh, reversals, adversities, uh, chaos at times, unless we've been captured by him. Uh, it's the real dividing line between those who can and will follow closely 
and finish well. It's to be captured by God. Not to be captured by religion or even good values and desires and uh, uh, willingness to even pay a price uh, to get some things done in the world. Uh, Jesus said that there would be those who would come to him who had done amazing things, right? Raised the dead, cast out demons, preached his name, and yet he hadn't known them. They hadn't really been captured by him. Uh, uh, Jamie started this out last, uh, or yesterday was it? Or the day before? That, uh, yeah, it all runs together, doesn't it? Uh, about the Alamo and the Incarnation, and uh, that those men were willing to die for the cause of freedom, and we need to be careful that we're not willing to die for the cause of Christianity, and he wasn't saying that, I'm just using that to illustrate the point, but that we're willing to die uh, because we've been captured by him, and he was willing to die, and he was willing to show the love of God to us, the Father's great love. I love this, this uh, hymn by Stuart Townsend, In Christ Alone. His other great one that I love is How Deep the Father's Love for Us. If we're not captured by the depth of his love, uh, we will either run the race with a different motivation or we'll run out of gas before our race is run. And so we need to be captured daily. But what are we getting on with? Uh, I believe we are getting on with the restoration of the image of God in our own hearts and through our lives into the lives of others. Um, that's the what. It's, it's the, the renovation of the motivations and the attitudes and the wellsprings of our hearts. That's what God's after. He's after our hearts. First, he captures our hearts, right? And, and, and the divine conspiracy or the divine setup is that he captures our hearts and that he doesn't let go, you know. And... Uh, he keeps working on us. He keeps working us over. But first he has to capture us, and we have to be willing to be captured. Early on in the, uh, this work in the Middle East, <clears throat> I found myself with a, in the office of a U.S. representative um, who was the only Holocaust survivor in Congress at that time. He's since died. And uh, he and his wife were Hungarian teenagers at the beginning of the Second World War. And they were actually uh, delivered, rescued by Raoul Wallenberg, the Swedish ambassador and diplomat who rescued tens of thousands of them and sent them out of Germany on trains. Uh, and they came to America found each other, 
as Hungarian refugees and married. And he became the, the leader of the uh, uh, Human Rights Caucus in the House of Representatives. But when I got to know their story, what was really uh, tragic and yet hopeful was that he came out of that experience saying, I don't want to know a God who would let this happen. She came out of it saying, I want to know the God who let this happen. And God captured her heart. The difference in the response to what life brings is tremendous. And he went on to a great career and did great and good things. But he rejected the God who could let things happen. There's a world full of people who have the same posture. Jamie was talking about the, the world in which we live today, uh, that words don't mean much anymore because there's been so much loss, betrayal, divorce, broken families, drug abuse, the whole nine yards. And that we have to incarnate this, this love that people would say, I want to know this God who could deliver you from that kind of despair. Um, so the purpose is that his love and grace might be revealed to others through us. Incarnational living. Jamie uh, referenced some folks who had been living that way, and one of them was Brian Emmett, who he talked about his snowballs, uh, his students and all. Once you know, Brian's still doing this kind of thing. I know you are too, but he, our daughter just moved to... Uh, Boston to live with our son and his wife and, and uh, connected with Brian. And she's in Boston. He's out in Arlington. And he came and picked her up on Sunday morning at the last subway stop to take her to church. That, you don't know how much that means to us, to Brian, and just to show our daughter the love of God. To, this is Sunday morning before he's going to be leading the meeting and speaking. Um, it's always been the same, and it always will be the same. It's the love of God manifest through us. Jesus with skin on, as Bob used to say. Um, now, the way, how does this happen? Well, it, it happens by following him closely. Who, the one who is what? The way. Uh, the way isn't some path that we can lay out. This, this, this is not a guidebook. This is the story of God coming to walk among us and by His Spirit now causing us to walk with Him through life. That's why... He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Don't look to something to 
guide you, some way that is all laid out and you can just find, connect the dots, but rather follow me uh, because I'm going to take you places that you never expected to be. Um, Fellowship precedes fellowship. And actually creates it. Fellowship, real fellowship, is the fellowship of the followers of Jesus. And if we come to fellowship first, without fellowship, what happens? We have the wrong motivation. If our goal is fellowship, then we have a set of expectations that others have to meet. And when they don't meet them, and of course no human being can, what happens? We break fellowship. We divorce. But if we are committed to fellowship with those that are also committed to fellowship, then the fellowship enhances that. And we all can be led of the Spirit, by the Spirit, both individually and together. That is the key to this thing we call the community, the church, the outpost of the kingdom. There's a proverb that says, may the dust of your rabbi's feet cover you. May the dust of your rabbi's feet cover you. So rabbis in Jesus' day, and Jesus was a rabbi. He was more than a rabbi, but he was a rabbi. And um, they would follow him, as we know, the disciples followed him. And to follow closely meant, you know, they were wearing these and there was no, uh, no this. It was dusty trails. The closer you followed, the dustier you got. Uh, that's a picture for us, I think, of what it means to follow closely um, today. Now, how do we do that? Well, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the how, not the how-to. The how not the how-to. It's not a 12-step program, this following Jesus. Nothing wrong with 12-step programs and things like that that help get people out of where they are into a place where they can really follow him, uh, be captured, and, and want to follow closely. Uh, but we can't treat the Holy Spirit like a, a, a how-to a project administrator. Um, he is the one who leads us and guides us, speaks to us, reminds us of everything that Jesus spoke, the, the story, the words that will penetrate our hearts and capture us a little more and a little more and a little more because this, this capturing is, is multi-level, you know, uh, he's the first multi-level organization. 
but the level goes deeper and deeper and deeper in is what this walking with him is about, is letting him uh, get more of our hearts and more of our lives. And through every experience that we, that we encounter that is encountered because we're following him and we're where he wants us to be, that location, somebody, I think it was Brian, said that uh, location is important because it's where he can speak to us and do what he wants to do in us. We have to be where he wants us to be. For me, when I was in that cabin in the Cascade Mountains uh, that I built and was, uh, I was a seeker. I really was. And so I, I started reading the Bible and uh, Matthew 6, 24 uh, was when I was arrested. Um, you, know, you can't serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other, serve the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon or the things of this world. I was captured with that verse. Immediately after I was captured, he said, you're going home. Just that simple. You're going home. Now that was back to a little small town, Jackson, Ohio, 6,000 people that I grew up in, that I had gotten as far away from as I could in my journey of seeking truth and you know the next stop for me was India that was kind of the trajectory of my life and uh, I was playing around with all kinds of philosophies and things and only through the testimony of some retired AGs who came out to that mission church that was employing me to uh, do some painting and refurbishing did the, the, that's what got me into the scripture, their love for me. They really incarnated the love of God. They, they looked past my long hair and beard and the fact that I had only showered once a month at that point in time. Well, it was once a week. If I could get into the Y, Y-M-C-A, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the closest town. And they looked past all that and just loved on me for about a week. And just shared how they, this, this Jesus they knew and what he had done in their lives and in their families, you know. Uh, one of them's daughter had cancer and he prayed for her and she was healed. Uh, and and things I never heard of, never knew existed growing up a good Catholic boy, you know. Uh, and that you could know him. No, no, no. You can, you can go to church and you go to confession you take communion and you, you mind your P's and Q's and when you don't, you go to confession and then, then you can take communion again. That, that stuff. And I, I honor the Catholic Church. Uh, I'm not saying that's all there is because there's a lot of people there who are desperately in love with Jesus. It's not about Catholicism, but that was my experience. I'd never met anybody who knew him. And because they knew him and his love and had been captured... I got captured and redirected. 
And I didn't know that that's what would happen. Uh, but that was what happened. And sent me back to this little town with my family. And that was an experience, a Catholic family, an old Catholic, Irish Catholic family in a small town. And their son comes back as a Jesus freak. Um, but it issued into a ministry that, you know, for a lot of young people. And then God spoke to me by the Spirit in that way that he does. He's not real wordy. Just says, uh, uh, you're to get connected with these folks in Lancaster. And uh, before you know it, we've moved to Lancaster. And then connected with Paul. And, and uh, 15 years later, 25 years later, he says, you're to be involved in Europe. And so the last 10 years, been doing that kind of thing with Paul in Europe and, and the Middle East. Now, fellowship creates fellowship. The leadership of the Holy Spirit directing us puts us where we need to be so that he can do the next thing through us in the lives of others. Um, everything, everything depends upon our dependence on the Holy Spirit. And our dependence is related to our ability to hear and then do. purpose of the gift of the Holy Spirit is so that this renovation of our hearts can take place continually and he can use us to get us to where to the people that he's calling us to do that work in. Knowing that they have to have a response. He's, he said he didn't want to know that God. She said she did. We can't determine what the response will be. But we can get ourselves, we can obey so that we are there to be part of, the, of his work in people's lives. That's why everything depends upon the Holy Spirit and our relationship with him. Now, he does all this, and he puts us with people. He leads us to people we don't naturally love or even like. Secret is, they feel the same way. That's a big surprise to us because we think we're very likable. Uh, and um, the process is to, to work this thing in us, out of us, in spite of ourselves. That's why we have to be captured. If we're not captured, we will bolt. Because it's too hard. It's too painful to go through this process of heart renovation. Because he's going to do it with people that 
seem to abuse us. But really, they're just God's agents to work on us and work in us and work out of us. Uh, This wonderful thing called his eternal purpose. Now, everybody, everyone here, everybody who follows Jesus is all, is following him where? To the cross. That should tell us something, you know. When he said, take up your cross, you can't follow me unless you're willing to take up your cross daily, die to ourselves, and follow him. There's a cross, a death to self, And that means self-centeredness, self-orientation, self-protection, and more than once. I mean, a lifestyle, in other words. It's, this isn't the uh, entertainment director on the good ship uh, lollipop. It's... The real thing, real life, and a continual following to the cross, to whomever, wherever he calls us. Um, Finishing well, I believe, is enduring a lifetime of trips to the cross. and not giving up or giving in. Which are, is our natural desire, as Kevin said yesterday, getting over ourselves, uh, getting over it. We can't get on with it if we don't get over it, and getting over it's getting over ourselves. It's that sense in us again, you know. I thought I'd passed the course, you know. I, I thought I'd... Uh, Pass the test, and and uh, and and again, Lord, you know, uh, you want me to love them. Uh, you want me to walk with them. You want me to go there. Uh, after our first trip to the Middle East, and I came back and uh, shared with our congregation, and I told them before I left, you know, I think. I think God, it took God 25 years in ministry to, to make me safe enough to be able to do this, you know. Uh, but still, I went with some pre- preconceptions, you know, that you build up over time of the whole Israel-Palestinian thing, you know, and the people and all that. And so when I came back and... Uh, shared a message about these wonderful Palestinian friends I'd met and, and Jordanians and Israelis. And um, one of our folks came up to me at the end. He said, so have you changed your theology? Now, I knew what he meant. You know, I'd, that theology that, the, you know, the, the whole issue is that Israel is 100% right and the Palestinians are all... M- terrible terrorists and, and it, it, that, it, there's just a dividing line between them and, and I, I said no I haven't changed my theology though that isn't my theology uh, but it was affected by that kind of thinking I've changed 
my perspective. And my perspective changed by meeting real people instead of stereotypes of people. And that's what God has to do in us, you know, is to meet real people, to, to work with real people and realize that everybody uh, needs the Savior. Everybody needs to know God. Everybody needs the same work in their heart. And it's not a matter of uh, where they've come from. It's a matter of where they're going. And that we've been called to minister love and grace to everybody. For God so what? Loved the world. Uh, and what he does, he, he, he throws us out there. He flings us out there and says, now you love them. And look past all the stuff that has been built up over generations that people can hang their hat on and say, oh yeah, those kind of people or those kind of people instead relate to them as people like Jesus did to the tax collectors and the sinners that caused the Pharisees so much problem. Um, And in the end, it really takes endurance uh, to finish well. It's the product of following closely. Um, Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses, and that's all of chapter 11, uh, surrounding us, let us lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Now, we tend to think of the sin at that point as sins of the flesh, don't we? I mean, that's the first thing that comes to our minds, some, some sin of the flesh. But sin really is missing the mark. That's what the, the word actually means. And, and what is the mark? The mark is the, the love of God set by Jesus, the sacrificial love of God. And I think Paul's partly, or the writer of Hebrews is partly addressing the issue that this sin can be the sin of pride, of, of uh, arrogance that entangles us, that keeps us from, from uh, continuing on because we run into people that we don't like and we run into situations we don't like and we get entangled in, in our reaction to that and we stop. We stop the race. Laying aside every encumbrance... And the sin which so easily entangles us. Let's run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes or following closely Jesus. The author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured. There's that word again. The cross. Despising the shame. Not even considering it worthy to be counted. Just not even on the board. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. And who were those sinners? They were his own, the ones he came to who rejected him. Uh, Jesus endured because of the joy of revealing the Father's love. He was so captured by the Father's love 
and his relationship with the Father as a man, as a son of man, that for him it was a joyful thing to endure what was ahead of him. We endure by following him, fixing on him, focusing on him and his love for us. In the same way. In James 1, verses 2 to 4, consider it all joy. Now this is Jesus' brother, if, if the historians are right. James was Jesus' brother, natural speaking. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Endurance. And let endurance have its perfect or complete result that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, The joy is in completing our endurance race. That's the, just as Jesus did. Maturity is his character worked in us because of enduring and completing and finishing well. His image reproduced in our hearts. But there's something more. James 5, verse 11 Behold, we count those blessed who endured. You have heard of the endurance of Job and have seen the outcome of the Lord's dealings with him, that the Lord is full of compassion and is merciful. There's an outcome to finishing well that goes beyond us. The outcome is the revelation of God's mercy and compassion to others uh, through us, through our life and our testimony. His love, his grace, uh, in all that he does, all that he does in us, all the ways that He uses our life experiences, uh, the things that we have to overcome, the things that uh, others resist, the reversals, failures. uh, It's all designed to reveal his great love, his mercy and compassion to a world that's desperately Needs it. Um, And he doesn't deal with us with kid gloves. If we could read on in Hebrews 12 and starting at 4 and on, he talks about the discipline of the Lord uh, to endure the disciplines of God as sons, as uh, those that he loves, as his kids. And it's a representation of his his fierce love. He's not a grandfather. Uh, he's a father. And he lets things happen to us uh, that will work his character in us, 
Right, Mike? Uh, and it's all part of the process, the purpose of revealing his mercy and compassion to others. So if we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, keep following him, depending on the Holy Spirit, go where he calls us to go, love who he calls us to love. He'll both work his will in us and his heart through us to others. And that's finishing well to me. Bless you.